also bring greetings from my senior pastor, Pastor Jared. He loves Oceans Church and he sends his love to all of you as well. I spoke to him yesterday. I said, I'm going to be at Oceans. He said, tell them all I love them. So, I, so there you go. I've done that. And as Pastor Chapin said, I have been at Global Heart with Pastor Jared for 22 years. And I've watched the church grow as we were talking to some of the team before church started. I said, oh, yes, I remember the days where we did bump in and bump out, where we did the set up and the pack down. But, you know, they were such fun days. And when we got our own building, it was kind of like, oh, what are we going to do now? We just breeze in, breeze out. And I was telling someone about how we didn't have air conditioning and we didn't have heating and... And um, I remember many times sitting on my hands going, oh, Jesus, will pasture and hurry up. I'm so cold, I can't breathe. And other times when he would squirt us all with water because we were so hot. So they were fun days. They were really fun days. And um, so, yes, I am the state leader of Alpha Cruces and um, also on staff there. But I thought I would share with you my family as well. So I have an amazing family. So I think this photo is going to come up. This is my family. Can you see? So I've got three adult children and um, three grandbabies and one that is due any moment. So this is the latest one. She was born five weeks ago. So this is my son's um, first child. So I finally have a girl. We've done lots of boys. So it's so fun buying pink stuff. <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. And, um, and I've got, to, and my daughter's about to have her third boy, so she's going to be a boy mum, I think. So, but we know what to do with boys. <laughs> so that's my family. So John and I have been married now for oh, 35 years. We met each other when I was nine. Can you believe that? I know, it is a childhood sweetheart story, but I'm not here to tell you my childhood sweetheart story. But uh, we've been married a long time, and I've been um, in church uh, for about 35 years as well and the time has just gone like that it has gone so fast so but i believe that god wants to say something to you today so who's ready to hear the word of god are you ready okay can we pray is that okay perhaps i could get you to stand up is that okay it's just so that we pray together but let's just pray god i just thank you so much for your word i thank you that your word is powerful and that god it touches and changes lives so god i pray today that God you would speak through me that you would speak to people's hearts God I pray open them up so that they can hear the truth of your word God that, that, that you love them so much and so Jesus I just pray today help people God if they've come in with challenges God I know you can help them so God I pray that you would do that God I pray that everything I say will be of you tonight Jesus and so Lord we commit this time to you in your precious name amen Amen. Well, a couple, I think it was about last year. I oh know time is going so fast now. So you blink and another year's gone past. But John and I were down south having a holiday and um, we decided to go to Mammoth Cave. Or no, Lakes Cave, I think it is. We went to all of them. But this one particular cave we went to, where we went down and we, went, we were walking kind of on this bridge so that we didn't damage the cave underneath. And we got to a certain point... And they said, right, we are going to turn the lights off. Has anyone done this? A few of you? So we're going to turn the lights off and um, then you will be in complete darkness. So now I'm not afraid of the dark at all, not in the slightest. But when they turned the light off, I thought, okay, this is all right. 
my eyes will eventually adjust and I will see some light. Because who knows that if you wait long enough when you're in the dark, your eyes will adjust and you'll see light, right? Except for that never happened. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, any minute my eyes are going to click in and I'm going to see some glimmer of light in this cave so I will know where to go to. I'll go towards the light. But that never happened. And just as this panic was starting to, to kind of well up in me, I was thinking, where's my phone? Can I get my torch? You know, I need to get some light. And I was afraid to move either left or right because I knew I was on some sort of platform thing. And knowing me, how clumsy I am, it would just be me that would step in and fall off, you know. So, so but this darkness was so pervasive and so frightening in a way that it, it made me realise how desperate I was to find some sort of light. And just as I was getting to the point of panic, fortunately they turned the light back on and they went on to say that animals had fallen down into this cave but because they couldn't find any light, they couldn't find their way out, that they stumbled around and they died. And I started to imagine these poor little animals running around you know, tripping and hurting themselves or falling and not being able to find the light. And it was, it was really, in my mind, was getting more terrifying the more I imagined, imagined myself being in that situation of not being able to find light. And, you know, in John 8, 12, in the New Living Translation, it talks about how Jesus came and that he is the light. It says... It says here, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You know, I was desperate in that moment to find light. And I remember back when I first came to know Jesus, I was in the dark. I was stumbling around, not understanding which way was up. And I'll talk more about that in a moment, but... This light and understanding that Jesus was the light was revolutionary to me and really helped me. And, it, you know, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And I just want to show this to you in John chapter 1. You're doing a series at the moment, Jesus is. And I want to show you that Jesus is the word. Jesus is the light of the world, but he's the word. And in John 1, 1 to 5, it says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and this life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So when Jesus came into the world, he brought light into the world. And what this light was, was a, the way to live, the way to understand the world, that he, he came into the world to bring light to us. This world is going a little crazy. Does is, is anyone else feel like that, or is it just me? But sometimes I think... I, I can't keep up. <laughs> I know I'm getting older and I'm trying to keep up and I'm trying to understand um, what's going on in the world, but it just feels like it's really topsy-turvy to me. 
But I'm so grateful that we have the Word of God, that we have the light, which is Jesus, to show us the way to go. So Jesus is the Word and brings light into our darkness. You know, Jesus came into the world to reveal God to the world and to reveal that he is God, both divine and human. I'm going to say that again. He came into the world to reveal that he is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He came to reveal that he is God, both divine and human. So he came to the planet for two things. One, to procure the redemption of the humankind, and the second one was to make known the Father. He came to redeem us and to make known the Father. So in John 17, I'm not going to read this scripture, but later on if you want to go back and have a look, I'd strongly encourage you to. But Jesus was about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was a critical moment in his life. He was about to face the cross. He was about to die an excruciating death. And he prays. And and it's interesting, you know, when someone is about to face something pretty big, it's amazing what they do in that moment, right? And in that moment, number one, he prays for himself. And he prays, God, I pray that you would glorify me so I can glorify you. Well, I looked up what that word glorify means because when I think of glorify, it's like, oh, I glorify you, God. Who thinks that as well? I glorify you, God. But actually in the Greek, it means it's doxazo, which is to make known. God, glorify me so I can make you known. I can make you known. So the point of his death was to make God known. And when we, we are also called to be like Jesus and to make him known. That's so cool. It's revolutionary. But then he prays. He then prays for his disciples. And he says, I pray that they would know the truth and that your word is the truth. He's praying for the disciples and he's praying that they would know the truth and that they would then pass on the truth to you and me. And that's been happening for the last 2,000 years that we would know the truth. So we cannot make Jesus known without the word of God. I love the word of God. We're called to make Jesus known to a world in darkness. There's a world in darkness. Matthew 16, 24 says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. We're called to be followers of Jesus. And we can't follow Jesus if we don't know what his word says. And if the word is Jesus, I just explained that to you, that the word is Jesus. Well, how do we know Jesus if we don't know the word? We don't know, do we? We kind of have this conjured up picture of who we think Jesus is. But if we get into the word, we know truly who he is. And we understand that then we can become like him, which is what we're supposed to do. So when we read the word, we're learning how Jesus thinks, how he designed things to function. The word shows us how to live. Do you know, when I was, um, I didn't go to church, I didn't grow up going to church. I, um, I kind of knew about God. I'd heard about this God out there. I, I did used to use his name, in fact, his full name, when I kicked my toe or I, someone cut across me or something, I would use his name. But I didn't know him. And um, so when... I finally walked into a church like this. I recognised, well, someone told me I could have a relationship with this Jesus. And I went, okay. 
I didn't know about that. And so, but before that, I was living, trying to do things my own way. And I got to the age of 21 and I'd already worked out that it wasn't working for me. That there was nothing going on out there that was worth it. I remember at 21, this is so sad, but I remember at 21 thinking, is this it? Is this all there is? Because if this is all there is, I'm not that interested. Because I've been there, done that, tried that, and nothing was making sense to me. And nothing seemed worthwhile to me. It seemed empty. Anyway, Psalm 119, 105 says this. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself. I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. Everything's falling apart on me. That was, that was a cry of my heart. Everything's falling apart on me. God, put me together again with your word. Festoon me with your finest sayings, God. Teach me your holy rules. My life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. The word of God is mine forever. What a gift and how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have and I always will. And Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you don't know what the word says, how will you know where or how to walk? You will stumble around in the dark. Psalm 119 says, The teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. Praise God for that. I was a simple girl stumbling around in the dark, trying to work things out. And I was just making mistake after mistake, getting myself caught up and hurt in a whole bunch of stuff. But when I found Jesus and found the word of God, he gave me the ways to walk forward. He gave me the ways to not stumble and to live a life that was successful and live a life that was full of peace and hope. And so if you haven't got that life, if you haven't got a life of peace and hope, there's hope in Jesus. And so I want to encourage you in that. You know, the Bible is not complicated. We can all understand it. I just want to encourage you that it's it's simple. We can read it just as it is and do just as it says, and it will show you the way to live your life. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, which I just said, right? There's a lot of... And I think if you don't have the Word of God, it would be very easy to be very confused. But because we've got the Word of God, we don't have to be caught up in fear. There's a lot of fear going out at the moment. It's like fear, fear. If you don't have this booster or that shot or the new variant, whatever, I don't know, this government, that government, it's enough to give you a lot of stress. But when we know Jesus, we don't have to worry about that. We know he's got it all under control, that we are covered by the blood of Jesus, that we are, and what I mean by that is he promises to protect us. He promises to keep us. He promises that he's got our life in his hands, that he knows the beginning from the end, and we don't have to worry. So that is good news. So getting into the word is great. A great place, there's many places to get into the Word of God. Number one is your dinner parties. That's what you call them, isn't it? We have connect groups. 
Dinner parties are awesome because we are actually supposed to read the word in community. So we're supposed to read the word at home, but then read it within community. And so your dinner parties are a great place to read the word of God. Number two, spend time every day in his word. You know, I, you'd be surprised the number of times that I'd open up my Bible and I might be asking God some questions or I might be thinking about something and I'll randomly open up my Bible and then there is the answer. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, are you, are you reading my mail or something? <laughs> what are you doing? But God wants to speak to us. The word is living and active and he wants to speak to you. Don't you think that's incredible that there's a God in heaven who loves you so much that wants to be in relationship with you personally and intimately, knows you from the inside out, knows the plans and purposes for which he created you for, that wants to speak to you personally every day. Isn't that cool? I think it's pretty amazing. Even this today, as I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, just speak to me. Tell me what you want me to say to these people. Tell me what is going on. And God will download stuff to you. And I just think that is so incredible, not so that we know stuff, but so we can help others, so that we can make Jesus known to others. That's why he does it. It's so cool. So number two, spend time in his word every day. Number three, go to Bible college. If you've not done Bible college, can I encourage you, um, learn the word of God, because it, it is so powerful and it will change you. Romans says, Romans 12 verse 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if we renew our mind to the word of God, then it will change the way you think and it will change the way you act and it will change who you are, but you will be the best version of who you're supposed to be. God created you on purpose for purpose and he knows how you're meant to be how you meant to think, all those sorts of things. And I'll tell my story in a minute. You'll start to see how God has done that in me. But the transformation process comes when we start to think the way God designed us to think, full of hope, full of purpose. So Bible college will fast track you into that. And when you hang around people that are all learning the word of God as well and you're talking about the word, you can't help but grow really fast. So if you're thinking about it, can I just say, don't think about it anymore. Just step into it. We have a slogan at Global Heart Leadership College where we say, just step into it. Don't think about it because it's very easy to talk yourself out of it. But if you just go, you know what, I'm just going to give one year to God. You watch and see what God will do in your life. I've been running the Bible College now for 17 years. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. I feel old. <laughs> but you know what? I never tire of seeing the transformation in people's lives. That they come in one way and by the end of it, they think differently, they act differently, they walk taller, they know who they are. They often go, and I could look, I could tell you story after story. We could be here for ooh, at least five hours where I could just tell you story after story how God had changed people's lives how they have now walked into purpose because they spent a year at Bible college. And I'll even, I will tell one story. Is that okay? So this is actually my son, and I can talk about him because he won't, he, I've got his permission. So 
he is a leader by nature. He's my second one, the one that just had the beautiful little baby girl. And um, he, look, he fluffed around in year 11 and year 12 and failed, okay? He was so busy running all the committees, leading, you know, being on the, you know, what are the prefect team? I don't know what, he was doing all that. He just didn't quite get around to doing any study. So he failed year 12 and then he says, oh, mum, I'm going to go to Bible college. And I said, great, one year of Bible college will do you the world of good. And so now I'm his mum, okay? We've ta I've taught him the word. I've taught him how, um, you know, how to follow Jesus. But when he got into college, he started to discover who he was and who God had made him. And I had a glimpse of that, but I couldn't see how that was going to work out. Anyway, very long story short, he does a second year of Bible college. Oh, I forgot to say, he failed his first year of Bible college once again. So busy running around, uh, helping everybody else, and he forgot to study. Second year of Bible college, he uh, finishes his first year of Bible college. That was a win, right? Yeah. And um, so at the end of the second year, he comes to me, he goes, Mum, I know what God wants me to do. He said, I'm going to be a teacher. And I said, ah, that's so funny because you're not going to get into university because you failed year 12. <laughs> and he said, no, mum, I'm going to do it. So anyway, long story short, fortunately, the Cert 4 helped him get into Bible college. He went, uh, sorry, into university, went and did his teacher training. He got high distinctions all the way through. He then went and did his Masters of Leadership in Education and got HDs all the way through that. He's now, um, he said to me the other day, he said, Mum, I know what God wants me to do. He wants me to change Christian education in the state of WA. And I thought, oh, yeah, just might do it as well. Um, so that came from him choosing to go to Bible college. So what will God do with you? Go to Bible college. <laughs> Number four is... Be in church. You know, I'm yet to see anyone do anything significant in the call of God without being planted in the local church. This is a great church. And you know what? It's, it's really cool to actually be at the foundations of what God is going to do. This church will not look like this forever. It is going to be large. It is going to be influential. There is, it's going to have a lot of people in it that are going to need people to teach them the word of God. This is just the start of something God is wanting to do here. And I just want to say, get in, get planted, stay, um, outwork, you know, outwork what God has put in you here and then out there. It always, it's in the church and then out, in the church and out. That has been my experience. Anyone who has stayed planted, I can tell you, like I said, story after story over the last 22 years, Watching it happen at Global Heart Church, those who have been committed and planted in the house of God, God are doing significant things in his kingdom. And I want to encourage you, don't let offense, don't let personality, don't let anything shift you and move you from what God is wanting to do in your life by being planted in this house under these amazing pastors. So I just want to encourage you, the enemy will work day and night to get you out. And can I just say to those that are a little older, um, when you're young, it's really easy to change. When it's older, we get a little, we, just, mm, we don't like to change as much. And I'm the first, I'm guilty of that too. I have to keep reminding myself, keep changing, keep changing, keep changing. But I've discovered that if I had have got offended and walked out and I had plenty of opportunity, I can tell you that much, plenty of opportunity, that it wouldn't have been about me. I would have still loved Jesus and served Jesus anyway, but my children may not. 
They may not have walked into their destiny and now my grandchildren. And so can I encourage you, think generationally and know that God wants to not only use you, but your children and your children's children because the blessings go to a thousand years. But I've seen too many people uproot and then they lose their kids along the way. Don't do that. Anyway, that's the mum talk. (laughs) I felt like I needed to get that out. So... You know, God won't do anything unless you're connected to a community of believers. It's just his way. We can argue with it, but it's his yeah, way. So we just have to get on the, with the program, get into the word, get it into his presence, and it will change your world. And like I said to you before, I walked into, it wasn't actually Global Heart. I actually got saved at what was Rama is now Riverview. Can you believe that? Yes. So I did my first nine years there. So I got saved and then spent nine years really just learning the Word of God, changing all my thinking. And um, God was working on me. And God said to me in the early days, Bible college. And I was thinking, oh, great, one day I'll go to Bible college. I didn't realize he actually wanted me to run the Bible college. (laughs) And anyway, thank God he didn't say anything to me then because I would have run a thousand miles. Because when I walked into church, I was a shy, insecure Um, had what we would term mental illness today, but intense anxiety. So I was afraid of everything. I was fearful of everything. This would never have happened. I would not hold a microphone and speak. In fact, any time there was any public speaking at school, I was sick. (laughs) Just, you know, (laughs) coincidentally. But so to do this was never going to happen. Very insecure, very fearful, worried about dying a lot. So I used to fantasise about dying and I used to think about my parents, my family, everyone dying. I was so afraid. So when I walked into a church like this and I heard that Jesus um, loved me, that he had a plan for my life, that he knew the beginning from the end, I wanted to know, well, what's the end then? Because I'm so afraid of the end. And so bit by bit, As I came to know Jesus and I started to learn the Word of God and started to allow God to change me from the inside out, He already knew who I was going to be, but I didn't know who I was. I had no clue who I was. In fact, my prayer when I first gave my life to Jesus was, God, I have stuffed up so much. Am I allowed to say that? Sorry. (laughs) I have stuffed up so much. I've done so many things wrong. I have been far away from you. Like I said, been there, done that looking for something, I don't know what, been there, done that, and found nothing. And I thought, God, you can't use me, but that's okay. Please let my kids just follow you and let them not experience all the rubbish that I've experienced. That was my simple prayer. Little did I know, (laughs) little did I know that God's plans are so much bigger than that. And God's plans for you are so much bigger than you can ever imagine. If you will just take his hand, if you will just take the word in the other hand and follow him and he will do something incredible in your life because he has made you and designed you with purposes, plans. And you will wake up. I wake up every day and go, God, I can't wait to get in today because I don't ever feel like I work. I just feel like that I get to hang out with amazing people, I get to talk about Jesus all the time, and he's wired and designed me for that. I used to think if I could just find a job having cups of coffee all day that someone would pay me for, then I would have the dream job. And guess what? (laughs) 
Well, no cups of coffee all day long, but nearly, hey, Ash, nearly all day. <laughs> so God has a plan for you too. You know, I was no longer in the dark. I remember that first day that I went into a church just like this. And the person that was standing up the front said that you can know Jesus, that he, that he loved me, that he wanted to have a relationship with me. And I was like, I've never heard this stuff before. I didn't know about this. But okay, if that's true, then I, I'm willing to give it a go. So I put my hand up when, they, when the person at the front asked me to put my hand up. And I put my hand up. And um, I prayed a prayer on that day. And I tell you what, everything changed from that moment onwards. I walked out and I felt light. I didn't realise I'd been walking around with the weight of sin on my life. And when I walked out, I felt light. And I went home and I said to my husband, I'm, guess what? I've just met Jesus. And he went, oh, Donna, it's not another one of your things. Well, one of my things has been going for 35 years now and I'm still just as passionate, just as excited. And so is he now too. He came to know Jesus as well. So that's good. So good. So, you know, when we encounter Jesus, we're supposed to bring light to people. We're supposed to um, show them the way. We're supposed to show them or make known Jesus. So we've been commissioned to go into a world of darkness and bring the light. And I just want to challenge you. Will you go into the world and bring the light of Jesus? Will you go into the world and show people that there's another way, that they don't have to be full of fear, they don't have to be full of anxiety, they don't have to be full of doubts, they don't have to wander around wondering what, what this life is all about, that there's a purpose and a plan. And in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you here on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. The light can overcome the darkness. As we take light into our communities, we can change the world we live in. This church is going to take light into the darkness and it's going to change the communities we live in. It will change WA. I don't know about you, but I can't think of a better thing to put my life to. So if the worship team can come now. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. And only, only hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Jesus came because he loved us. And he said, I want you to be like Jesus. I want you to love the way I've loved. I've made the Father known. Jesus said this, I've made the Father known. Now you go make the Father known. You go. So you're meant to be the light. You're meant to bring the light. So when we take Jesus to the world, we're shining the light. Will you let your light shine? Will you let your light shine? I'd love to pray for you if that's okay. 
And if anything I've said today, if you're like, you know what, I want to make Jesus known. I want to be part of this church changing the community. I want to be part of bringing hope to people that have no hope. There's so much, there's so many people that are desperate out there. I mean, we're seeing it now in our mental health issues that they're full of anxiety. They're full of um, not understanding their purpose, their plan. There's no future for them because they don't know who created them. So perhaps if we can all stand. And I want you to be really, you know, don't do this if you're not serious. <laughs> but if you're serious about making Jesus known, about bringing light into a dark world, I think there's power in acknowledging that. And there's power when we make a stand. I know for me, there's been many times at conferences and at camps mostly <laughs> where I've gone, you know, where the person at the front has said, will you make a stand? And as I've made a stand and responded, it's almost like you're saying to Jesus, I'm committing to this. So not only am I making a commitment to myself, but I'm also making a commitment to Jesus. And I'm making a commitment in front of the people around us that I am going to do whatever. So today, tonight, if you're serious about making Jesus known, this church is called to bring hope to people that don't have hope. Will you be part of that? Will you respond to that? And so I just want you to be really brave. And you say, Pastor Donna, that's me. I'm going to bring light to a dark place. I'm going to bring Jesus into my workplace. I'm going to bring, I'm going to shine the light of Jesus to a dark world. I'm going to do things God's way. I'm going to spend time in the word. So when I go into my workplace, I'm going to have something to bring to the person that's sitting in the desk across from me. Or if I go into my school, wherever you're going, that you're going to have something of Jesus to bring to a world that needs to see and hear Jesus, that needs a light, that needs hope. So if that's you, I just want you to respond and I'm going to pray for you. I just want you to say, Jesus, that's me. I want to do that. I want to make you known. I want to bring light into dark places. I want to bring Jesus into my workplace. I want to bring Jesus into my community. I want to bring Jesus into my home. I want my children to serve God. I want my, my grandchildren, that's my prayer now, my grandchildren to love you. I want to bring hope to people that are hopeless. If that is you, I want you to lift your hands and make that declaration. Jesus, I'm going to be a bearer of your light. I'm going to bring light into those dark places. Would you just lift your hands up? to us, that you bring light into the dark places. God, I thank you that you are the Word and that because we have the Word, God, we know where to walk. We don't have to stumble around in the dark anymore. We know exactly what to do, when to do it, where to walk, how to walk. And as we do that, we can make you known to a world that is in darkness. So God, I just pray for every single person that has, by faith, lived
anoint them afresh, touch them afresh, to bring light, to bring your word into the dark places. God, I pray you would use them in crazy ways, that they would know that it's you, that they they would know that you have appointed them for that moment. And God, that they won't dismiss the moment, but they would be bold and they would be courageous to speak your word, to bring light, to bring hope in dark places. So God, I thank you for this church that is raising an army of people that will go into the dark places and go into those spaces and bring Jesus so that people will know hope that no longer will they have to stumble around in the dark, no longer will they be falling all over themselves, no longer will they be confused, no longer will they be fearful because they'll have hope because they've encountered you, Jesus. So God, I just pray, anoint them, Holy Spirit, touch them right now afresh in your mighty name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Let's worship. Let's 